When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this brand new edition of Big Fish Small Pod. And if you are new to the Small Pod, here we'd like to give you all the information about the Marlins for that specific day in 10 minutes or less. And here is a continuation of my brand new series where I interview fans, media members of the Marlins community and get their input on how the Marlins have been this offseason and their projection for this coming year. And of course, my guest from Lemon City Live, multiple time Jeopardy champion, Alex Aguirre. Alex, it's always great to have you on. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. And thank you for mentioning the back-to-back Marlins Jeopardy <laughs> champion. You can never leave that out, but thank you for having me on. And I'm looking forward to talking about this upcoming Marlins season and what their offseason has been like. Yeah, uh, let's start things off. It hasn't been the offseason where Marlins fans and personnel have been yeah. looking at, waiting for. Uh, no free agent signings, or at least no major league free agent signings. It seems like they're more focused of right now retooling the front office and getting things situated there compared to on the field. But what has been your lookout this offseason? What have you seen? Are you disappointed? Just what has your been your, I don't want to say review, but looking at this offseason so far for the fish? Well, my brief review, I guess, or my brief critique for this offseason is it's gonna be, like you mentioned, disappointing. Um, you know, there are they have there have been some bright spots because they could have, you know, missed out on re-signing um, you know, Bell, but you know, in the long stretch, we're now we're in, we're in mid January. In the long stretch of the off season, that's pretty much been the high point. If you if you were to ask me, you know, in terms of player personnel, so I know they've made made a lot more moves behind the scenes in the front office, but that's in my opinion the brighter spot of this off season for the fish. Yeah, t- just tons of new hires there. Uh, Peter Bendix, uh, Gabe Kapler, to so on, yeah. so on. Mentioned. Uh, what have you seen on this front office? What do you think of maybe Bendix, Bendix's style in terms of maybe um, hiring other front office pieces and maybe um, his more analytical uh, approach to the game? Well, you name it right there. He, the Marlins are going more, I think, analytical heavy. I know there was a bit of, I wouldn't say clash, but there was a bit of um, heads butting a bit when um, Don Mattingly was here and then the front office was more getting – getting heavier into analytics and which is fine and all, but it's always good to have that cohesiveness with your manager and front office on what the game plan is. If we're going to go with the, you know, stats driven, or we're going to go with more of the flow of the game. So if that's, so I'm, I'm glad the front office is, is already setting a tone with in that regard. Now, skip, we've noticed, uh, and even this is one year in Miami that 
he does go by the stats. He does, you know, he he does go with, you know, better matchups and stuff. But he he's also shown in different occasions that he'll go with his gut. He'll go with, you know, he'll, he'll let a guy ride out a little bit longer in the game or let a reliever face a couple extra hitters. So he he does, he at least he's able to bend and he's adaptable. Um, and then, so if he's setting the tone in that regard with, we're going to go with stats driven, then it's just going to, everything's going to flow from that point forward. And he is bringing a Tampa Bay approach. They're a small market. They were a small market team. And Miami is no different. They just have some guys that make a little bit more money individually. But in, at the end of the day, the Marlins are a small market team. Yeah. And so, so it's good to have, I guess, that mindset be brought in because sometimes you don't want somebody coming in and they just want to spend, 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 thinking that's the, you can solve everything like that. Not in this case. You got to play small. You got to think, you know, from the ground up. And he has a lot of experience in Tampa Bay doing that and has seen has, and has seen it. They haven't won at all, but they've had a lot, a lot of success in a very tough division. Yeah, they're definitely looking for that uh, consistency. We've seen them in the playoffs last season. They were in the World Series in 2020. It almost seems like they're on the cusp of winning the World Series. But when you see the playoffs, you usually see Tampa Bay there, whether it's as a division winner or as a wild card. And, and that's what you could see what Peter wants. Peter wants more of that consistency rather than just, you know, one playoff appearance or one real one in the last 20 years. You want to have at least at least more than half and have a consistent outlook for the playoffs. And, and from there, I want to go ahead and more of his approach of the players. Yeah. You've heard a lot of rumors about trades. Luzardo yeah. potentially getting traded. Edward Cabrera could be on the block. Trevor Rogers. It seems like a lot of guys are potentially could be on the move coming opening day. What is your outlook on that? Are you pro these guys getting traded or do you have a preference or how do you think, uh, you know, that rumor of these guys potentially being moved? I'm a little, I have a little mix, bit of mixed feelings with those, with those trade rumors, because on one side of the coin, this is where I'm coming from a standpoint of, well, you're losing Sandy for the rest of the season. He's not, he's not going to play. So you lost your ace, you lost your horse. Now you're thinking of trading your number two, who is going to be your ace this season. That's one side of the coin. It's like, why? Why? What do you gain from that? And you're coming off a postseason uh, appearance, your first one in 20 years. Let's be real here. 2020 was fun and all, but it's been 20 years. Uh And so that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is going back to what I mentioned earlier, the Tampa Bay approach. Right now, the Marlins farm system is extremely depleted. You know, especially with position players. Yes, they have a couple of good guys here and there, but but what what made Tampa Bay consistent and you know that consistent success? Yes, you know they didn't win at all, like I said. But they're as a fan, you know, you you appreciate the fight and you appreciate the consistency, kind of like the Miami Heat down here. They're gonna always make the playoffs and put up a good fight every year, no matter who's there out there on the court. So. You got, but my baseball is a little different. You got to build from the ground up, especially if you're a small market team. So there comes that Tampa Bay approach. And if you're going to trade, so the other side of the coin is, yeah, okay, fine, trade Lasardo, trade Braxton Garrett. But if you trade those guys, you better be damn sure that you're getting high quality prospects in return mm-hmm. that you can finally develop because there's been countless and countless and countless trades with this organization that they're getting all these prospects in return and less than half a a small percentage of them develop into quality, just, you know, average MLB players and the same cannot happen. So I hope this, you know, these, this fresh mindset, this, you know, um, different, you know, um, approach 
can bring that type of Tampa Bay success in terms of developing players. So there's, you know, it's it's a love-hate feeling what I have with these trade rumors. If it happens, ugh, it sucks. But if it doesn't, great. You know, we're still going to be, be, be a little competitive with our rotation. Yeah, you don't want to go ahead and have these guys, and when you do get them, uh, we need hitters, and you trade them all oh, the trim to Baltimore, the trim to Arizona, the trim to Texas. You know, organizations that are able to develop these kinds of players, you want to be able to be one of those um, organizations that can develop players. You don't want to depend on other teams to develop the hitters for you. Um, and, and hopefully we could see that in the future, the way Peter does, uh, getting a Rachel uh, Blackovich um, from the Yankees organization, see how she could develop players um, coming from yeah. the Yankees. Um, and an- another question I have for you, just overlooking 2024, um, it's yeah. relatively the same roster, including, you know, when if you want to include Vidal Bruhan, Calvin Faulkner, those type <laughs> of guys. Ben in court. Then a Christian Bethencourt. And oh. notice how that some of them have raised ties. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's up. Maybe Peter's up to something that we don't know. Gabe Kapler played for the Rays while Peter was there. Yeah, it, it's a very they definitely want to get the Rays uh, DNA in here. Uh, but for 2024, do you see the Marlins as a playoff team? Maybe what's your win total and how can the Marlins, you know, get over 500? Just asking to get to the the 81 81 win mark. You, you know, man, I I think 81 wins is a big ask right now. Looking at the roster today, January 16th, that's, you know, that's that's just the reality. You lost your ace. Granted, the Marlins were able to scratch and claw their way into the playoffs last year with the Sandy not at his best. And he was gone for the rest for the last. I forget now about a month of the season. He, he, he went down with, you know, with the injury. So, yes, they were able to mix and match and barely i guess get into the playoffs which is it was amazing what a great feeling for this organization but you lose your horse you now you're putting your other top pitchers in the trade and trade rumors right there's so rumors at the end of the day but as of right now today i think this organization and this team is they're they're going to be battling between 70 to 75 wins that's kind of like 81 wins will be an amazing feat because think about it they're also they're also um you know they lost Jorge Soler. He opted out of his contract. Yeah, they, you, you're losing one of the top power hitters in the game. You know he's a premier DH, and obviously he, I, you know, I understand his side of things. It's smart of him to opt out. You know because he can definitely get more money. Now the question is, you know, he's I think he's still available. So you know I, I'm, you know, we can't discount the, you know, a reunion possibly, um, or the Marlins allocate that money to another ball player that's available that can, you know, it's kind of a similar feature power hitter type, but standing, standing, the, the, standing the way the roster is right now. I don't think this team can kind of replicate what they did last year because even as I guess subpar Sandy was, he ate up a lot of innings for this rotation. Uh-huh. He, he, you know, he, he was still picking up the bulk, you know, for, for the squad and for the, and for the rotation. So, um, it's, you know, there is going to be things to look forward to Tanner Scott going to be, you know, you know, now the closer, he kind of already molded himself into that, you know, Christian Betancourt tandem with Nick Fortes. Let's see how that goes. They say Betancourt can help, you know, with the running game. Um, so there is things to look forward to, but Marlins lacked, uh, lacked in power yet, even with Jorge Soler's thump in the lineup. Now they lost him now. Yes. You have Berger and Bell. But it, in today's day and age of, of in Major League Baseball, you need at least four or five guys that can at any given time can hit it out of the park. Yeah. And the Marlins right now have 
have guys kid that can do that, but not a, a, on a consistent basis compared to the other, other lineups that you see in the NL East, like Philly and Atlanta. And heck, even New York, yes, they're, they they put together, they try to put together a dream team and all, but they still have got they still have names in that lineup. So the Marlins are still in a tough division and stand and with the way that it looks right now today. 70 to 80 wins will be kind of like my prediction. They got to make some moves. They got to do some bell slash burger type trades to kind of put some oomph into this team. Cause I don't see this team, you know, battling by the time they reach, you know, um, July. And, 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 and I hope they prove me wrong because they were really fun and exciting to watch last season. But it's just been like, as we mentioned in the beginning of this pod, it's been disappointing because you would expect to build off something good. You know, with especially the NL rookie, rookie, you know, NL manager of the year with a rookie manager and skip and you lose your horse. I get it. You lose your ace and Sandy. But, you know, you put some money last year into getting a guy like Johnny Cueto. Find another guy. Find Like it's you struck out with that move. That's OK. Find another guy to fill in that spot and eat up innings and be, a, a, you know, an average MLB starter. They got a lot of question marks left on this roster. Who's going to play shortstop right now? The top of the depth chart is John Birdie. There's still a lot of question marks to be to be answered, and we're getting close to spring training, like like a month away, and nothing has really been answered. Nothing has, has really been done. So, in a long winded answer, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's been very difficult. You know, not at least if you're going to make one, the Marlins are going to make one move, at least a starting pitcher, because it's going to be difficult to rely on Luzardo and Braxton Garrett, who are coming off. I believe their highest innings ever. And correct. That was as a two, a three, and now you're bumping them up one. You're asking Lazardo to go out there and beat Sandy. You're asking Braxton Garrett, you know, be that Lazardo type role. And you're 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 at, you want all these innings from guy like Eddie Cabrera, who was sent down, come up, issues with walks, Trevor Rogers, who hasn't really been healthy since 21. Max right. Meyer, who's coming off Tommy John. You're this is you're asking, question marks. Hopefully by the time um Spring training rolls around. They at least have one signing. But uh, Alex, my last question to you: uh, Who is What's your up? breakout player in, in twenty four for the fish? Who who is the one guy you Ooh. think is going to have a just a great season? Wow. Okay. Hmm. As much criticism and as much, I guess you know, downpour of just like not hatred, but just like ridicule for his time here in Miami. I'm rooting for um, Avi. Avi Garcia, I'm ah, okay. rooting for him be- because he, listen to this and hear me out here. I know it's a crazy, uh, you know, um, pick. He and I'm not. He, he like, we'll see. His he's not, like his tenure in Miami has not been very good, and he's been unhealthy and things like that. But listen to this: if if Jorge Soler does not resign with Miami, he goes elsewhere. Which chances are he probably will because he might be out of Miami's um, you know budget. You got to need some. Who's going to provide the thump in the lineup other than Berger? And Bell and in the and Chisholm, hopefully he can be part of that mix as well. We'll see. That's still not enough. So you need somebody to kind of like support and protect those other guys in the lineup. So Garcia might be that guy if he can stay healthy and finally put it together. He's shown in the past that he could be a solid um, MLB outfielder that can provide you 15 to 20, 22 home runs in a season. Uh-huh. So and I, I feel like if he can just stay healthy and just get focused and locked in. And finally, be comfortable and and be in a positive environment like it was last season. For a long, for the once in a while, for once in a, in a long time, there was a positive feel in that clubhouse, and and I feel like just being in that environment can do a lot of good for him. 
you know, and being part of that camaraderie as well. So he, you know, that yeah, that that might be my pick, Abby Garcia. I'm gonna go with the, you know, I'm I'm just my mind's been going more offense oriented because I know the 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 pitching staff has had question marks since day one of the offseason. So I'm just gonna go off offense oriented right here with my response, and I'm kind of rooting for him in a way because he's been a. You know, to make a, to have his career, you got to be a good player. To play a decade long plus in the MLB, you got to be a good player, or else you wouldn't cut it at all. And he's that type of player. Not a Hall of Famer, not a multi, you know, time All Star, but a good enough player to give you fifteen to twenty mid twenties home runs in a season. And if he stays healthy, he can be capable of that. So he's my choice. Let's do it. Two two from Maeda. This one is hit a ton. Way out of here to left field. Home run, Avi Garcia. one nothing Marlins. I like the answer. I like the answer, Alex. I appreciate you coming on. This is a little more than Thank 10 you. minutes, but when yeah. I'm talking to you, it, it flies <laughs> by. It flies by. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. And sorry to your listeners. I, I broke the promise of <laughs> over 10 minutes. Hopefully, if I'm back on again, I'll be a man of my word. And we'll be under 10 minutes. But I got, you know, I get emo- I get into it. I no, get into we, it, we my responses. To, this is... It had to be done. It had to be done. Well, Alex, Thank I you, appreciate my man. you coming on.